You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. How are you feeling, Nada? We got some good news yesterday, and we get the good news earlier this week when the Hornets snap a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. P.J. Washington comes back from injury, has one of his best games as a Hornet, really, in his career, certainly this season, and we're going to play the Knicks tonight, yes. 7.30 p.m., yes. big old game between the Hornets and the Knicks, and if Charlotte wins, they get the tiebreaker, but that's all secondary and tertiary. That's not what we're going to be talking about we're right not. now. LaMelo Ball. Uh-oh has been cleared for individual basketball activity after a CT scan on his fractured right wrist showed that it has healed. Now, the Charlotte Hornets, when they released this statement, they did not say when they expected LaMelo would return to the lineup, but Adrian Wojnarowski, he tweeted out that a source told him there's optimism within the organization. LaMelo could be ready to return to the lineup in seven to 10 days. There's a lot to unpack here from what's happened over the past month. What is your initial reaction when you saw that LaMelo has been cleared at least for individual basketball activity? Quite honestly, shock. I am gonna, I'm not going to lie to you, Walker. I thought that this guy was done for the season because it was a load-bearing bone on his, on his shooting hand, on basically the hand he does everything with. And at the same time, I thought that this team was a playing team no matter what, and there was no reason to push it. So I'm legitimately surprised that we're at this point where you can say, hey, this guy may return by the Celtics game on on April 28th or the Pistons game on May 1st and give yourself almost 10 games to make up. Like, that's the crazy part to this whole situation. The whole situation is he may come back and affect exactly what you can do in terms of just the, again, you st- your seating. Because I've, like, again, we had this conversation yesterday. I've relegated myself to being happy no matter what. Now, it kind of changes expectations because if LaMelo comes back and is in the LaMelo of what we've expected him to be, this team still has a top shot at a top six spot. Shoot, this team has a shot at a top four spot with him, depending on how this goes. So, and, uh, and the last thing, I did not expect him to potentially be back before Malik Monk did. M- Malik Monk came back. And that may, just may happen, and that's kind of wild to me. There's a really awesome article, a part of the ringer on Malik Monk. We're going to get to in the second and maybe third segment, just depending on how much time we spend talking about LaMelo. I think there's a lot to unpack. So not it was literally a month ago today that LaMelo played in that L.A. Clippers game was visibly injured and yet still remained in the game because the training staff, they had cleared him. And then remember, he was listed as probable 
for the Spurs game that was right after mm-hmm. that. I think it was the first time that the Hornets had listed a player probable. And then, of course, they're out a couple of days or just really within 24 hours later. It happened to LaMelo first. Then it happened to Malik Monk. Then it happened to P.J. Washington. Probable means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> when the Charlotte Hornets list you as probable, I, I'm not going to get fooled on that anymore. It's, it's the most three times thing ever. Yes. No. Nope. No more. No more. Oh, we're just throwing out probable designations like it's candy. No more. I don't want your candy. I'm not going to get tricked once again. But that was that was Lamelo that kind of kicked all of that off. And then you see the MRI. It reveals that there was that slight fracture in his right wrist, as you mentioned, the load bearing bone. And Adrian Wojnarowski, I just played a soundbite earlier when I was recording the extra point. Uh, Woj was saying, "Yeah, the fear is, and it and it all likelihood." It seemed like he was going to be out, but not when we're recording basically like a couple days after when Mitch Kupchak took questions after the trade deadline and he left some room for optimism that he would return. It just seemed as this as if the in- initial diagnosis was saying, no, LaMelo's not going to return. And you and I both had the same exact approach. It was guys. Please do not take this as LaMelo is going to return because we were subscribing to the theory don't overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like the Charlotte Hornets were trying to say that, and they have uh, incentive to do so. Right? Hey, we're allowing fans to come back in the arena. We still want all of your interest surrounding this franchise. And clearly, Lamelo was the biggest draw this team maybe has as ever had. And maybe we just need a year of that to actually come to fruition. But here he is. And if you look at the timeline with if, if what Woj says is true or if it just comes to fruition itself, seven to 10 days, you already went through some of the games that he could be cleared for. I, I did this as well. It could have him back for Milwaukee on the 27th. It could. I don't expect it. May, right. Fair enough. I know you said Celtics, yeah. right? I think that's a day later. So if you go with the latter part of that report, about 10 days, you could be back for Detroit or Miami. That would be the first and the second games of May. If you want to be even more cautious and just give him a two week rest period, he could be ready for Chicago May 6th. Yeah. So if you even go with the most conservative of outcomes for all of the scenarios I just brought you, if he comes back for Chicago May 6th, then that would have you with LaMelo for seven games uh, left to go in the season. I don't know what to expect from LaMelo being this young, coming off of this kind of injury. Does he know? I just, you know, I don't know what kind of conditioning he's in. Cody Zeller's talked about this. When you have a wrist injury or an upper body injury like that, it doesn't prohibit you from continuing conditioning drills. So hopefully LaMelo has been able to stay in some kind of shape. Like you're not trying to fall down and hurt your wrist more. So I don't, I don't know what the team has been doing with him conditioning yeah. wise, but it's not like you had an ankle injury and can't stay off of it. Malik, you know, Gordon, who is going to be out for a longer time. Those guys are going to have conditioning issues when they come back. You would have to imagine. So I don't know what LaMelo is going to look like, but this is great news to get back one of your better players. Hopefully at least with seven games left to go in the season, something like that to maybe even alter what your expectations were for the rest. Yeah, of the absolutely. Year. Because at this point we know with the upcoming schedule tonight's Knicks game is going to matter a lot. Obviously, the Bulls game obviously going to matter, especially if there's still no Zach Levine. Cavs, Cavs, Hornets Friday. Like these three games are winnable games. If this Hornets team puts together a string of wins, and then oh yeah, Lamelo's back for the stretch run, and Devontae's back, and heaven forbid if if Malik comes back, then you got a stew going. 
you might see yourself in a five seat, five seat, a five seed situation where, oh my God, you may see the second round this year. Again, clearly a year ahead of schedule. But at the same time, I would like this puts a nice little cherry on the Sunday that is this season that of just like unexpected blessings. This is another one. So cherish this because next season, and I'm going to continue to say this, next season is when it gets real for everybody. Enjoy this mm-hmm. while while you have it for at least right now. All right. I want to talk about so many other things regarding that and the Malik Monk article on the ringer. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, continue to talk about LaMelo's injury and the prognosis from Woj that the Hornets do think there's a possibility could come back within seven uh, to 10 days. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans, and the app is free to download once you're in. Uh, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. Locker Room is the f- uh, perfect place to start or join a conversation about the league, and you can find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and you can even find locked on hosts across the NBA, MLB, and the NHL go to uh, go download the free locker room app right now currently available on all iOS devices be sure to create a profile link your Twitter and join the NBA group for the latest league updates I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and the leagues and I can't wait to join you on the app at some point I'll be sure to let you know once the lockdown Hornets room is live you can download the locker room app today locker room changing the way we talk sports we'll have more on the LaMelo ball injury and when he could return this coming is- up now. I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. <laughs> and again, I point to the lie. Yes, I you're well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being had exactly. out there. Goodness gracious. Exactly. Unexpected ones. Point ones to that the lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. You can catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. It's good stuff going across here, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a big time for us because we know how much interest there is surrounding the NFL draft. I love this event. I eat up all the Mel Kuyper mock drafts. I get my best Doug Branson version of myself going on. I love the Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper back and forth. I love all of the crazy rumors. Like, not a now. We're actually questioning Trevor Lawrence here a little bit. Wait, who's dumb enough to do that? It, oh, trust me, I've got to get so much audio for Sports Center CLT in the evening that there are plenty of people out there now just throwing out sound bites. Hey, are we worried about Trevor and his Sports Illustrated column? <sighs> that football is not the end all be. Well, I think it's the Josh Rosening of Trevor Lawrence, despite him being a, a, a decade like yeah. prospect. Yeah. So um, we're doing that right now. I, I even love it, though. I love all Ow. of the crazy evaluations. So go cra- because it gives us something to That's talk fine. about. And I like to yell at people sometimes like I, it's not just for you, Nada. Sometimes I like to yell at people as well. Again, locked on NFL draft. Make sure you check that out because we're doing some live stuff with it. 
And before we get to LaMelo's injury, I also got to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. So again, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Uh, rockauto.com, the prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So again, don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. It was tough to get an evaluation for the Charlotte Hornets, yeah. Nada, without LaMelo Ball because you look at the first five games without LaMelo, they were 4-1 and one with that one loss coming against a Phoenix Suns team who has been excellent this season and it happened in overtime. Of course, that's not going to be, I'm not going to give you the Trevor Lawrence type of analysis, right? The Hornets are not a better basketball team without LaMelo Ball, but you even had some injuries come a little bit after that with Gordon Hayward, then Malik Monk, Terry Rozier missed some time. So did PJ. So it's not like we got a big old uh, sample size of what this team looked like without LaMelo and everyone else basically giving them a fair shot. What we did see at least a, a few games after that, but not a, an ample enough sample size, if no. you will. So I, I, I think it was, I, I was going to be interested in that, like kind of looking at some lineup numbers to see, but I, I think it's kind of futile because of all of the other injuries that the Hornets have suffered over the past month. And speaking of the injuries, by the way, Rick Bennell joined the afternoon rush on 7:30 the game yesterday and gave a pretty interesting injury report. Like these injuries have been so unpredictable for the Hornets yeah. this season. As far as a timeline goes, it's been pretty ridiculous. Gordon Hayward, instead of LaMelo, who we get this report on, Gordon Hayward, Rick said, could be a guy that just doesn't even return this season. And he was someone that was supposed to be just out a month and then returning. Now we don't know if he's going to return because he's still in that walking boot. You look at Malik, they thought his injury would allow him to come back sooner than all of these guys. And Rick Bennell again said, there's no reason to think that Malik is close no. right now. There's just no reason to think that he's real close. And so everybody's timeline is kind of thrown out the window as what was originally reported. What do you think of when you think of all these unpredictable injury timelines and when we could expect maybe these guys to quite honestly, out? I'm just, I'm at the point where whenever they get back is whenever they get back, because the timelines for these are going to be weird because the schedule is just so compacted if you're going to have the guy, it's not like you can, this isn't baseball where you can rest a pitch. Again, your pitcher pitches one day and then he's off for five days. This is, this is something that you can't necessarily do. At the same time, there are guys that are already there that are just on a ton of minutes and Terry Rozier is going to need to help soon. So maybe Devontae gets, because again, we're talking about, we got, we don't know what the timeline is and Devontae Graham's supposed to be back, but I don't, feel comfortable saying he's going to play tonight. You'd like him to play. You'd kind of need him to play if you're going to win this game. But at the same time, like, there's a whole bunch of this that's really up in the air right now. Like, uh, there's a lot of, like, when we start talking about timelines and everything else like that, it's crazy enough that LaMelo's going to be back before Malik and Gordon. I don't expect Gordon to come back because why would you risk someone in their first year of a $120 million deal that you can't necessarily wave and stretch now. There is no amnesty provision for this. 
So at what point do you just like, it, it, and this is the thing with injuries at this point now, whenever they get back is whenever they get back. And this season is just weird. And the sooner we get through this season, the better. <clears throat> well, and, and what's interesting too, to me, Nada is in Rick again, talking with the afternoon rush yesterday, he was saying Mitch Kupchak's comments, they indicated deservedly so that they're not going to rush Lamelo back and risk his long-term future, which is completely smart. There's no reason to do that, even in a push for the playoff scenario. But how this gets a little bit more intriguing too is Lamelo with this kind of prognosis let's say you do take that more conservative approach and it's two weeks from today kind of bringing you back with about seven games left to go in the season and Gordon Hayward is going to be on that timeline where he could be ready with a couple or a few games left to go you're you're trying to position yourself for maybe play in seeding, but maybe even just an outright playoff berth. And then you get to the postseason and you're in that play in tournament, or you've got a playoff series and Gordon is just starting to get a couple of games under his belt. Like at that point, you've got two really important pieces for your future for different reasons. One Lamelo is a yes. star and is crazy young. Also Gordon is uh, an older guy, Absolutely. but has been for the most part, very good this season. Mm -hmm. He, he started to go down, but we know what it was in the first half of the season. And he's got a extensive injury history. And now he's coming off of the most significant injuries that he suffered uh, all season long. Like you've got some different reasons as to why you need to be cautious with both of these guys, but there is big incentive to play both of them. It, it immediately once they come back because you have that playoff spot in, in on the horizon like you've actually got something that seems pretty attainable yeah, no, absolutely point. you've got something that's attainable i'm just not like this is the crazy part about this season is that this is like i don't know this is like the one of the weirdest seasons that we've ever had to go through and i hope yeah we need um I, like i kind of hope that we can replace like, like, I don't know. I don't necessarily know. Like, this is just weird. And I don't know exactly how to approach it this year because, kind quite honestly, this is one of those things like you're not going to risk the future even for a six seed where you probably get thrashed by Milwaukee. Well, and, and yeah, and to your point, I mean – yeah, I'm. I guess it, it's just to me the the whole process of it is is interesting because man, you do have two guys that along with Terry Rozier, you're talking about your three best players this season with Gordon Terry and Lamelo, and with two of them being out to bring both of them back, it's huge for this team, right? Like to have both of these guys back on the roster out there on the court, being able to play, it makes you significantly better. One, just because you've needed bodies for a while now, but also the bodies you're getting back are 66% of your three best players. And also it, it doesn't make any sense to risk the long-term future of both of these guys. It, it's just too short-sighted because as you've mentioned, and I completely hundred percent agree with you, not a, it gets real next yep. season. The the expectations, the pressure. Next year's when it gets real. Like 
this year it's been crazy fun. They're everyone's favorite league pass team. George Sedano <laughs> was on 730 at the game just last week, drooling over yes. the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, Sedano out in ESPN LA says on league pass, I am actively searching the Hornets every single time that they play. I can't get enough. And he's not the only one. I mean, we've heard national experts say that constantly about the Hornets. And then when you read an NBA season preview, what you're going to read is a lot of people putting out there. Watch out for the Hornets this year. This could be the season. What you're going to see is LaMelo ball. PJ Washington has another year under his belt. Miles had a coming out party last year. They held on to Malik. He's going to be awesome. Or they held on to Devante, who's at least, you know, a 38% shooter. They're going to point out the positives. They're going to add a big like we know. Right. Like like this mm -hmm. is going to be. Yeah. yeah, Like, well, we're both on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a real thing. Like. I want, and this is the thing, and I think that I know people are probably tired of hearing, uh, people are probably tired of hearing me on this, but I want people to enjoy this because the team that's coming back next season is not going to be this deep. It's not going to be this, it may not have as many vets on it. It's not going to be the fun up and down team that you have, like you pop on Bally Sports and you watch. Like this team is going to be vastly different and you're going to have expect like real expectations and you guys are going to be on this just win regardless without tech, without any sort of context, because unfortunately, like this is how this is how we do it. Once there's expectations of win or else. And it kind yeah. of, I'm not even going to lie. It's like this is why I'm soaking this in, because this win or else analysis that we're going to have to do next year is going to suck all the fun out of it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. that's it. At some point, expectations have to come. And I, I think it is going to come next year, as you do. And I, I think there's reason for that. I, I think that there is reason to have expectations in what would be, you know, just another year for uh, Borrego here with the Hornets, right? Like the last two seasons, you've been able to go for the over on, you know, what Vegas set the over under at. Basically, you've been able to get over, uh, go over the expected win total. And it was a rebuild where they've been ahead of schedule the last two seasons. And next year, again, we're going to see the pieces in the ringer. We're going to see the ESPN predictions. We're going to see all these analysts say, hey, the Hornets are going to be that team. Watch out. They could be a four seed. And and when you don't reach expectations, that's going to be for the fans too, right? Like fans could just hear all of this and say, oh, I don't care what national experts think. You You will. And and you're going to have those expectations too. That's just what it is. And I'm not even saying that's wrong. I'm going to have them along with you. I think that's the right thing. All right, let's let's take a quick break. I do want to mention this Malik Melk article real quickly because it's awesome and it's in the ringer as well. Speaking of that publication, I uh, do want to talk to you guys about Bet Online AG. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And the NBA, it's dwindling down. It's going to the postseason. Make sure you catch some of the action on Bet Online AG once we get to the postseason and even finishing up the regular season. It's got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Malik Monk. There was a piece written on him in the ringer. We're going to get to that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I don't like doing that unless, like, I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. 
I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I, the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft. We've got both drafts going on right now with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. You can subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. And again, I continue to talk to you about the Locked On NFL mock draft that is going on right now. Um, yeah, Locked On Panthers Julian Council is participating in that, I, I believe. It's going to be awesome. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 is presented by Locked On and Odyssey, and it's happening right now. Get get a load of this guest list, right? It features analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin. Okay, awesome. Wow. Jason LaConfora, Brian Baldinger. I love the Baldy breakdowns on Twitter. Those things are excellent. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. You can search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's AU. D-A-C-Y. That's the Odyssey app. Go catch the Locked On NFL mock draft. It's going to be awesome. Uh, A week and a half away is the NFL draft, so go check it out again on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's finally get to this uh, Malik Monk article, Nada, and I believe it was written by, is it Paolo Yegeti? Is that who wrote it? Yeah, yeah, Paolo Yegeti. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, Excellent. Um, On Malik, everyone knows my... (laughs) huge love for Malik and how it's been there ever since that he's been drafted anyway. So of course I'm going to be interested in anything written on monk, but this article talks about how one, the Hornets have not given up on Malik monk, despite a largely disappointing start to his NBA career. And if that could be a new norm with the way that NBA franchises handle their lottery picks rather than giving up on them so quickly, like we had seen quite a bit. Um, you look at what's happened with Malik Nada, and of course it was a rough start for him. His rookie year, his sophomore season, he didn't improve a ton. And then what we saw last year was him start to figure some things out. But I mentioned it constantly. As soon as something starts to go well for Malik, it doesn't go well long. Something yeah. is going to take him out, whether it's a suspension for violating the NBA anti-drug policy, whether it's an actual positive COVID-19 test, whether it's this year, battling some injuries, including this ankle one, that's a little bit more severe than we thought. At least what we have right now with Malik is some type of sustained evidence that he is a good basketball player. We got it at the end of last season. People still weren't sure what to make of it because it was such a small sample size, but he finished on a very strong note at the end of the year. And this year, dude's just been outright good ever since he got significant run. I mean, he's just been awesome. And so now we've got evidence of this. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Hornets decide to do this off season. But I think most people, I I don't know what people think about the Devante Malik debate. If it comes down between those two guys, but it used to not really be a debate. It used to be clearly Devante was the more valuable piece. And that's just not the case anymore. As far as who's clear, like I'm not here to argue what is more. I, I would go from a leak, but that that's not what I'm interested in doing is arguing about it. It's just a very real argument is what I'm admitting that Devante and Malik that that's a real debate now. And it didn't used to be. 
Yeah, no, that absolutely did not used to be a debate. And the funny thing is, I would have been Team Devante up until probably the beginning of March. Like, I would have been, yeah, you pay Devante, you pay Devante. And now, I'm kind of, like, I'm really worried about what Malik is going to get in this offseason. And it's one of those things, like, we may be talking 72 for four, over four years for Malik Monk. That may be the starting price. He may get more. Because teams, like, when you start thinking about who's going to be out there, the Victor Oladipos of the world, when we start talking about, like, again, it's Victor Oladipo at the two guard and who else? Like, he's going to get overpaid. He's going to get overpaid by quite a lot. And he's 23. And this article that I'm digressing for, from, which was really interesting, like, one of the most interesting parts of that article to me was that he basically admitted that he didn't feel right from he didn't fully recover from COVID until February, which kind of explains why Brago was kind of hesitant to play him. Yeah, which I found interesting. Yeah, I did too. Um, you know that that's one of the hardest things I was on for Borrego this year, and it certainly is some. It, it's certainly something that he can bring in an argument to me, right? Like it's like, yeah, man, Malik wasn't feeling all that well, and they have a good relationship. Malik loves Borrego, or at least all po- signs point to him really having a great relationship. And same thing with Borrego for Malik. You know what, what's what's a quote that I tried to pull from this is, is this from Bimigetti. It says. This improvement has not been one-sided. Borrego believes Monk has helped Borrego practice patience and give young players the space to play without the pressure that they'll be benched. Both Borrego and Monk said that the role the coach has fashioned for the guard, giving him a guaranteed 20 to 25 minutes a night off the bench as a scorer, has freed Monk up to be more confident, especially in finding a shot. So I think this was a little bit uh, tough for Borrego to get into because when Monk would make a mistake early on when he was trying to give him some run, then he would bench Malik like pretty yes, immediately. Lord. I think it was the game against Toronto. He had some kind of bad turnover and, and immediately Borrego brought him to the bench. But maybe after that is when Malik started to get a guaranteed run. And also you just should have been giving him run at that point. Like he was being, he was playing too well, even if he did have some kind of bonehead turnover or something like that. But Malik admitting it did take him a while to get back from COVID that certainly is significant. And Malik said this to kind of point some of the respect that he's got for Borrego. He said, it was hard my rookie year. I had a coach that didn't play rookies. Shots <laughs> um, fired. Yeah. Shots fired. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Borrego even mentioned that Malik just needs a guy to trust in him. I believe he can shoot 40%. He's an elite uh, attacker of the rim. He's an elite finisher at the rim. So he's got a bright future in this league. It just seems like it's a big old love fest between these two guys. And I, I think the Charlotte Hornets it's are going to eventually. Yeah. It's not just a love fest, Walker. That's a whole bunch of arrows going yeah. towards the direction of one Orlando, Florida <laughs> magic head coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, but even Borrego, like, even if it is some shots fired at Steve Clifford, I mean, it, it did take Borrego a while for him to fully buy into Malik. And so like, I, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. It is kind of funny to hear both of those. Uh, you know, it's not the first time we've heard that from a player. Dwayne Bacon said the same thing. He just wants a franchise to believe in him. And that was even somewhat towards Borrego because Borrego did it first. And then Bacon was just too bad. And then eventually, you know, he goes and back to Steve Clifford and, and plays yeah. uh, with the Orlando magic here. One thing before we end today, 
The ultimate message of this article is NBA franchises not giving up on their lottery picks so soon and continuing to develop them. And I think player development has been a huge part of this organization ever since James Borrego has come aboard. That's something that they've really attached themselves at the hip to. And it's worked in a lot of cases from some of these second rounders that get a lot of time and Devonte and even Malik right now. You certainly have seen that from. Here's my thing that I've always gotten so angry when talking about Malik. It wasn't the fact that you might not believe he's good, right? It, it, yeah. I, I always thought he was better than pretty much everyone was thinking. But the thing that got me so mad, I mean, certainly I could see everyone's point. Like it's yeah. Walker, look at the shooting percentages, you know, look at some of the turnovers, look at the defense early on. Like I always thought it was way overstated, but I could certainly see that from other people. What got me so mad when arguing about Malik, it's that people wanted to give up on someone that wasn't even 21, 22. And now he's 23 and they wanted to do so for pennies on the dollar. That's just not good practice. I, that's what drove me crazy is people wanting to trade Malik Monk for a protected second round pick or even a lightly protected second or something that didn't have the kind of talent that Malik had. Even if you didn't think Malik was going to pan out to give up on him for pennies on the dollar, it's just bad practice. You take that risk every single time for a dude that has that kind of talent and hasn't fully grown up yet. That's what made, that's what wanted me to make my brain explode. Not a, it's not fair. And it's not the fact that people were saying he's just not good right now. Okay. Fair enough. You had a lot of evidence to point to and say, this is why Malik just isn't good right now. But the dude was so crazy young. The dude had shown signs. I mentioned it a ton. Even at the end of last season, people were like, well, Malik's just too inconsistent. Oh, well, you know, there would point to the bad games of Malik Monk, even in that stretch that he had at the end of the month. And they would point to the good games of Devante when, I mean, he played over half the season where his shooting percentages weren't good. I, I just, I just didn't get it. I just didn't yes. get it th that we all wanted to give up so much so on Malik that we thought his trade value was worth the second round pick. That's the point I had a problem with. And now you're seeing this guy who's going to get quite a bit of money, even with an injury out there on the open market, if he does leave the Hornets and even if he doesn't. Yeah, you know, like here's the thing like this and what you're talking about is essentially the microwave. This is the microwave quality of draft Twitter. Like, if you don't explode, you don't show up in your first year, which, uh, shock value, um, and spoiler alert, unless you're, like, LaMelo-type talent, right. most rookies aren't good your first year. Right. They're barely good your second year. And this just shows you that you have to show patience. And this goes into a point that I've made many a time at this point. You don't give up on players in year two or year three or because you generally look pretty stupid when you do. Bad teams give up on guys and don't and don't necessarily get the best out of them. We're starting to figure out that, hey, it's not necessarily the coaches. It's not necessarily the players' fault that they're not developing. It's generally the coaches, and it's generally the environment. And this is where I give the credit to Mitch Kupchak and all those other guys because they changed the environment to one of learning, to one of development, and that's where they deserve their flowers. And it's one of those things that we didn't – again, this – franchise didn't do since 2004 at minimum well, and in two years yeah. they've changed the environment oh, yeah. 
just that quickly. Yeah. And, and and again, we can go back to Mitch Kupchak's old organization and kind of look at the Lakers, which is a franchise Yegeti mentions in this article. Think about all of the players that got off to slow start, but then had some success later on, some sustained and some kind of dips and valleys in D'Angelo Russell's case. But D'Angelo was an all-star with Brooklyn. D'Angelo was coveted enough to be signed by the Warriors and the Timberwolves gave up their best asset to go get him. Uh, you know, and then even if you say, okay, well, Walker, it's D'Angelo Russell, dude's not very good right now. Fair, fair enough. I'll point to Julius Randle and I'll point Mm. to Brandon Ingram Mm -hmm. and then I'll point to even Alonzo Ball who has recreated himself. I know that his three point percentages are down this month, but Lonzo is certainly better than what we're even kind of thinking like after he had already been bad for the Lakers. I mean, at least he's fine enough. But there's plenty of evidence to point to to stick with these guys. And it's even look and I and I <laughs> I wear the joke 100 percent like it, it was stupid for thinking that um, it, it looked like when I wanted the Hornets to trade back, I didn't want to do it for anything, right? Like remember when we talked about the Boston Celtics yes. proposed trade, yes. you know, I didn't think it was enough. And so I wanted to stay home at three. If Boston was just going to give us like a couple of late picks, that wasn't enough. I wasn't going to trade back at all costs. But when we took LaMelo, it was like, all right, get your popcorn ready. I'm ready to do this. And one thing I didn't want to do was trade up and give up a Miles Bridges, who was legitimately bad last season. Like he had one Mm -hmm. pretty damn good month, but Miles was bad. And I still didn't want to give up on Miles because dudes take time. Like, yes, there are certain situations where you could hold on to a guy a little too long. And and that might be a problem I would run into. If I'm running a franchise and I don't know when to call it quits, that might be a problem for me. But also, (laughs) I feel like you would get a lot of these hits that don't start off so hot. And you just be patient and you stick with these 20-year-olds to maybe figure it out by 22 and 23. I just think that's good practice. And I think that is showing up with Malik. I think that's showing up a little with miles. I think that will certainly show up with PJ who actually already gave us a good rookie year. Like that's actually a guy that did get off to a good start. Yes. Um, it's yeah, he did give, get, get to a good start. And it's just funny because you, you bring up that list of guys that have developed late, uh, all of them, but one have one really, really interesting corollary. The guy who drafted them, yeah, which is in Charlotte right now. Yeah, so <laughs> he drafted a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got to think about it like this. Sometimes drafting is more like a slow acting pain reliever rather than a quick one. And at this point, it's just one of those things. You just got to have patience, and you got to understand that sometimes it's going to take longer than it's going than than it, like fans would like. And it's part of the thing about enjoying the growth and enjoying the moment. And enjoying the ride now. And we say this, um, it, it, it comes to a point where you absolutely have to make a decision contractually because yeah. th- this is what happens now with Devante, with Malik, with big boy money paid to Gordon, with mm-hmm. big boy money paid already to Terry and certainly on the horizon after his neck, after his deal is up after next season. That's when it's like, okay, some of these, you know, Devonte, you could try to show more patience, even if he's an older player coming into the league, but we've got LaMelo, we've got Malik. That's at that, at, at that point, you might want to, at that point, you have to start making decisions a little bit more so, and it's understandable. All right, that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Had a good show talking LaMelo. Hopefully, 
hopefully comes back sooner rather than later. The prognosis at least looks good if you pay attention to Woj's report. Thanks again to Locker Room for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day, and we will be back with you tomorrow. Thank you.